think about just time savings. You know, whether you're trying to get a private money lender to say yes to you or a senior homeowner to say, motivated seller to say yes to you, there's a certain period where they go from not knowing who you are to like trusting you. Mm -hmm. And the faster you can build that, the less competition comes in and swoops out your deal, the more the exclusive deals that you can go with, whether it's, like I said, a private money lender giving more of their money with you or a motivated seller trusting you. Perfect. Hey everyone, Jamel Gibbs here. Welcome to another podcast episode. I'm excited today. We have a very special guest. Uh, this is uh, someone that I met through uh, a mutual colleague. Uh, she actually works for, for both of us uh, doing uh, different things, different tasks in our businesses. And um, here's a guy, recently I had a, a guy who was a math teacher who turned a millionaire in real estate. Here's a guy who used to be a math teacher, ironically as well, and he's also a real estate millionaire, very successful in real estate. And we're going to talk about today how uh, he was able to discover an untapped source of motivated seller leads. And these are leads that are virtually overlooked by the competition. You guys are going to love today's podcast. I'm, I'm going to have a lot of fun talking to Max. So I have my camera set up here. And I'm also talking to you here. So you guys might see me looking back and forth. It's because I'm talking to Max as well. I like to, like to make eye contact. But um, Max, listen, uh, your story resonates with a lot of real estate investors. Uh, the frustrations, the obstacles you faced in your real estate investing business. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started in the business and also how you were able to uh, transition from becoming a math teacher to a successful real estate investor. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on. And you know, my story, you know, probably resonates with a lot of people. I, I wanted uh, more out of life. Um, I was happy, you know, teaching math and I wanted to, but I just wanted to do better. I want to do bigger things for me. I want to do bigger things, you know, for my family. And I found that um, a lot of, you know, I had to sort of get a new set of friends. You know, a lot of yeah. people out there were talking um, about, wanting to do big things, but when it came to action time, they didn't want to you know, do anything, and I'm all about massive action. So I started getting into real estate. Um, I was teaching math at an inner city school in um, you know, Dallas-Fort Worth metro area in Texas, and I, I was just kind of looking for a side hustle. You know, I was looking for um, something on the side. My friend was getting involved in real estate, and he was a real conservative type of, of guy as far as like financial stuff. Like He wasn't a big risk taker. And I was like, huh, you know, if he's doing this, um, I should take a look at it. So I took a look at it. I started, you know, getting a mentor and uh, learning. And then, you know, I started wholesaling and decided to make the switch and just go full time. And things really went pretty good for a while. You know, I was, I was up to at by 2017, I was two years out of quitting my job, you know, and, you know, although I had flipped about, you know, a hundred houses at that point um, in, you know, two, three year period, you know, I really felt like, like, you know, my, I was only as good as my next deal and I needed a lot of leads to have a successful business. You know, if I didn't have, I wasn't getting leads in my business, I pretty, you know, I wasn't getting any deals and then I would go out of business. And although I love teaching, you know, I didn't want to go back to teaching. So I'm sure folks that, you know, listen to your show can relate to that. I mean, motivated seller leads are really the lifeblood 
for a real estate investor. You have to, you know, have a consistent way of getting those. And, you know, I, I don't know what you've tried, but I've tried, like, I tried everything. Everything, I mean, I, man. Everything. I did, uh, I did, you know, we buy houses type, you know, like websites. I did bandit signs, you know, cold calling. Uh, what else? You know, yellow letters, you know, lists. I mean, every list I could get my hands on, you know, pre-foreclosure. Um, I worked, uh, you know, tired landlords. I had a VA calling uh, for rent, um, you know, signs. I had, I did tax delinquent, vacant homes. And, and all of that stuff worked for me. I mean, obviously I was flipping houses, but what I didn't like was, is how unpredictable it was, you mm -hmm. know? And, and I was really frustrated because I felt like really two things I was frustrating about. One is I felt like I was running around just like wasting a lot of time chasing people who didn't really want to work with me. Like they acted like they're motivated, but then they weren't. And then I was frustrated because, you know, I needed to be on top of my rehabs. You know, I, I had, six to eight rehabs going at a time. And you know, if you don't have your finger on the pulse, I was wholesaling too. But if you don't have your finger on the pulse, you know, that's when it all goes, you know, sideways. And so I just kind of like took a pause and thought about it and figured out really what my main problem was. And that's what I'll share, you know, with your audience here. My problem was, is that I was chasing the same motivated sellers um, with the exact same messaging that pretty much everybody else was too. You know, I, I'm in a competitive market, Dallas-Fort Worth. People are giving the same pitch and I was basically just another, you know, investor in the stack of mail. And, you know, it was an absolute grind. I mean, sometimes, sometimes they'd pick me, which obviously, you know, felt great. You know, at least I knew that when they didn't pick me, it was usually because somebody in our market, whether it was a hedge fund or it was just somebody who was a lot newer and didn't have the experience was overpaying. And, you know, I knew just from being a math teacher that, you know, just and being able to look at numbers that overpaying, you know, is not, is not going to work. You know, you're going to go out of business if you pay too much for your deals. And, you know, I think being a math teacher, I knew that it was a numbers game at some point, mm -hmm. you know, you had to get out there, you had to, you know, shake enough, you know, trees and bushes and, you know, just go out, turn over, you know, rock over and just try to make things happen. And so I was like, well, you know, what do I do here? Like, I'm, I'm pretty much a dime a dozen real estate investor in the stack of mail, but I need to play. I'm still, my conversion rate is still worth it to where I'm still getting a good ROI on my, on my mail and my marketing spend, but it is going down. Right. So, you know, what I did was I just kept, I mean, it's kind of crazy. I don't know why I did this, you know, but just being vulnerable with y'all and trying to share exactly what happened to me so you don't make the same mistake. My response when things weren't working well or as well as they could have was I just kept, I started sending out more of what wasn't even working. Can you relate to that? Oh man. When you were talking about direct mail and trying to figure it out, oh, forget about it. I've spent, I've, I've wasted thousands of dollars trying to figure out you know, what works, what doesn't work. And then the stuff that doesn't work, I'm thinking I got to send out more to be able to get more people to contact me. But it doesn't work that way. You have to, you have to uh, make some adjustments and, and that's where, uh, yeah. and that's you know, what I a fine line between that, man. You yeah. Know? And so that's what I finally did. I made an adjustment and that's what I'm going to share with y'all is, you know, cause I, basically at that point, like I said, it was a grind and I didn't, I didn't feel like it was sustainable. Right. You know, I was making good income, but I wanted income that was sustainable. And you know, mm -hmm. that's why I left teaching because I wanted something. I didn't want to grind. I didn't want 14 bells, you know, 
telling me what to do all day. I want to do more with my life. I want to do more for my family. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I knew there had to be a better way. So here's what I did. Um, I, I went through my old deals and I made a list of my deals and I said, okay, I want to find deals that meet these three criterias. And so the three mm -hmm. criteria that was important to me was, is they need to be profitable deals. These were deals I already had completed. So they needed to be profitable. Um, they needed to, the seller, you know, needed to have minimal resistance to my offer. So I'm thinking back to the deal, like, was it a real headache to get it closed or were they like, did they really trust me and go with mm -hmm. me, you know? And then the last one is I, I needed to make sure I was having fun actually working with the motivated seller because I want to make money and I want to have fun too. And I, and I felt like, you know, if I could just focus on those, you know, three things, right. then I would, that would free up a lot of my time. And I wouldn't have to, um, you know, I wouldn't feel as burnt out. And so I did the analysis and I'm, there's good news and bad news. The bad news is, is that most of my deals did not meet all three of the criteria. So that was kind of a sad face. But the good news was, is that in the, in the small amount that did meet all three, like I saw a pattern instantly. And it was that these motivated sellers were all senior homeowners. Mm. And, and so like the light bulb went off then, huh? <laughs> yeah. The light bulb went off. And, and then I, then I, I'm always one of these people like when something is working, I want to know why. And so what I did was, is I went back and I was like, okay, well, what list are these people on? And I mean, obviously, you know, you can have a list that's, you know, 62 and up or 65 and up. Um, but you know, when I was looking at what their profile was, you know, they weren't the typical motivated seller profile. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't, they didn't have back taxes due, you know, they weren't, tired landlords, you know, the house wasn't vacant. They were actually, you know, living in it. You know, there wasn't a, a foreclosure, a pre foreclosure um, or a late pay. Um, a lot of times these folks actually didn't even have a mortgage. They lived in the house a long time and the house was paid off. And, you know, and so it's sort of like peeling back an onion, but this was a good one. Sometimes mm. when I'm peeling back an onion, it's like a rehab and I'm pulling the wall out and then you find more problems. Right. When I pull this back, it was sort of like, it felt like finding buried treasure and it was like, you know, right in front of me the whole time. And I just didn't know it. And so, so these are basically deals that you had that, that you've already done. All you did yeah. was go back and look at the data and say, okay, this is what, this fits the criteria, what I'm looking for. This is what I want to focus on. I've already done these deals. Right. It made me happy. I want to continue doing these types of deals. Right. That's exactly it. Because, you know, structurally these houses were in good shape. Right. They needed some cosmetic updates, you know, maybe sometimes we pop a roof on. And, and, I, and so I figured, I thought that the more trends I could, patterns I would notice, the more I could go and like, you know, predict, you know, predictably get more of them. And another thing I noticed was that a lot of times it wasn't the homeowner who called me. It was actually like the, the family member, like mm -hmm. the adult child or grandchild, you know, like the adult children are usually like, uh, you know, between 40 and 60. And their parents are, you know, like 75 and up. And that's when, you know, the house that they grew up in just like, you know, didn't make sense. And I mean, it kind of makes sense. You know, as people get older, their needs change, you know, there's mobility issues. And so now I kind of knew like, okay, this is a group of people that is really, really good that I can serve. And they, you know, they're high quality, they're converting at a high level. And they're all the things that I want as you know, for my, my company, you know, save your home buyers. Like that's mm -hmm. what I want, you know, our Lord and savior. And so, so that's, so then I was like, okay, well, this is who it is. 
where did these leads come from? Because I got these leads from somewhere. And, and so some of them came to me from normal sources. You know, um, some of my senior homeowner leads came from, you know, my websites, if you saw my bandit signs. But fortunately and unfortunately, you know, a lot of them found out about me through just by accident. So that was fortunate. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, you know, I wasn't systematically going after them. But now I knew if I could sort of like reverse engineer it, I could. So I'll give you a few examples. Like one of the people that, that my senior homeowners that I bought their house, um, they, they actually sent them a postcard. But when I looked through my, my list, they weren't on it. So they literally just got, got it by mistake. You know, I had folks that found out about me that um, I was rehabbing a house in the neighborhood and either they saw me or like their children saw me, you know, um, I remember one house in particular in a uh, Halton city, Texas, I was actually trying to buy the neighbor's house because mm -hmm. it was vacant. And then when I went to, you know, the neighbor to see if they knew anything about the house, that's how we made that connection. But, you know, another thing I noticed about this untapped, you know, just, you know, source of leads for me was they were very, very high quality leads and my close rate on them was much, much higher you know, how many deals it actually took, you know, lead those kind of leads to the actual closing, the numbers are way better. So I don't need as many of them to do the same number of deals as more. So now it's like, I'm filling in the pieces, you know, that's really what this is. We're filling out a roadmap. So I know, I know who it is and I know a little bit more about them. And then I understand now about how they found out about me. And then, but now I've got to try to figure out like I'm on these like little mini quests and now I'm on this quest to figure out why did they choose me? And so I sort of just went out on a limb and I called one of my old sellers. Um, it wasn't actually the, the senior homeowner. It was their, um, their son, because I knew that this particular seller, I remember the deal and he had an offer from another investor and it was like $10,000 more. And this wasn't like a million dollar house. You know, where I live, the median price is about two fifty. So, you know, 10,000 is a lot of money, you know, to a motivated seller. So I'm like, you know, at the time I was just glad that they took my offer. I didn't really think about why. And so I called him up and I was like, Hey, do you remember me? And he's like, yeah, of course, you know, and you know, he, you know, was, you know, very happy and everything. And I said, Hey, you know, why is it that, you know, stop me if I'm wrong, but didn't you get a higher offer from somebody else? And it was like quite a bit higher. I go, I'm just curious why you picked me. Like, I'm glad you did, but I was just wondering. And he's like, you know, we trusted you, you know, when you came to our house, my approach was different. And this is, and I'm going to share, you know, here with your audience, how, how to duplicate this approach. Hold on right, real quick. Two yeah. big takeaways right there. If you guys are really paying attention to what Max is talking about, two really big takeaways. Number one, Max closed a couple of deals and said, okay, let me go back and let me look at the deals that made me the happiest. Right. That's how you create. That's how you create um, happiness in your business mm -hmm. is to keep it simple. Right. Another yes, thing, yes. big takeaway right here. He went back to the sellers and said, why did you take my offer? You had yeah. another offer on the plate. You could have uh, gone with that and made an additional ten thousand dollars, but you decided to take mine. So right. now he knows what type of leads he's looking for. And then in addition to that, he also understands why the sellers decide to work with him. So he mm -hmm. just continues to do the same thing on a bigger scale and make more money in real estate. Two huge takeaways. Great awesome. content, man. Great yeah. stuff. 
Thank you. Yeah. So that was, so I just kept going down the journey. So I'm on the phone, you know, with this, with this guy. And I feel like, you know, the more, more questions I ask him, the more I'm going to learn and really, you know, unlock how to get more of these deals because that's really what I really wanted to do that. And so I was like, okay, well, why else, you know, and he kind of walked through the transaction, but how he was experiencing it, you know, he's like, you know, you, because, you know, when, when I'm doing a transaction, you know, a lot of times I don't see the competition. I don't see the person on the other side and I don't, and I don't perceive it the same way. And so he goes, you know, when you came to our house, you know, there wasn't a lot of pressure, you know, you were giving us a lot of different mm. options. And, you know, the other person that we met with who had the higher offer, they were more focused on just, you know, the contract, getting it signed, you know, when we would move out. And he said what it really came down to for him and his mom was, is he felt like, you know, I genuinely cared about them. And, um, and, I, and I cared more about, you know, them getting what they want and their experience and being happy over just, um, you know, making, you know, a ton of money. And that's why, you know, they picked me because it was $10,000 difference, but the way that I made them feel and the way I treated them was more mm. important. And, you know, that was like a yeah. huge, huge eye opener for me. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I was a teacher for seven years. So my natural style is to teach and to help. And um, so, and, you know, you don't become a school teacher because, you know, for the money, you know, you do it because you love, you know, I love the kids and I love, I did care about people. So that was coming through on these appointments and it was, it was resulting in more people deciding to go with me. And I think really the reason that I sort of gravitated towards the seniors is because, you know, I, my grandma, you know, is my best friend and she, I have a very, very close relationship with her. And so, you know, for the first 15 years of my life, I, I had parents, but you know, every parent needs help. And so my grandma would help take care of me and I go over there on the summers and so me and her had this like really close connection. And then, so she pretty much helped raise me for the first 15 years of my life. And then for the last 15 of her life, you know, I took care of her. I took her to church. I got all her groceries. I helped her with the bills. And um, so every time I went over to a motivated seller's house and I was making an offer and, and all my offers happened after my grandma passed away, you know, I felt like I was talking to, you know, my grandma, you know, my mm. grandma, she, she lived to almost... Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, and I missed her and I, and I just, I try to put myself in the shoes of, you know, if, if, you know, these, these folks are like my grandmas and, you know, if, and not all of them have a grandson that can help them with stuff. And I want to make sure that they're, they're taken care of. You know, my grandma lived like 25 years. My grandpa died in 87 and she lived in her house till 2011. So almost 25 years, people were trying to sell her reverse mortgages. I remember one time she had somebody, um, knock on her door. Um, she lives on the corner of a pretty busy intersection and it was a realtor and they brought her flowers and they said, you know, if you ever want to sell your house, you know, give me a call. And a lot of times people thought like my grandma, because she wasn't financially sophisticated and she grew up during the depression, like she wasn't smart, but she was really smart. Mm -hmm. And, and she was also frightened. So when these people would just call her out of the blue, it scared her because she lived by herself and she could tell real quick, um, that these folks that were reaching out to her, it wasn't about helping her. They were just trying to serve themselves. Yeah. And, and, you know, she didn't like that. So I said to myself that when I go on this, you know, quest to help these seniors, you know, that and it's sort of a thing that just happened and it didn't, I didn't really think it, but while it was happening, but I was like, okay, I don't want to pressure people. I don't want to frighten people. 
I want to give people options. Um, you know, I've always said that, you know, buying a house, you know, from a senior, is not something I would ever do to someone. It would, it's something I would do for them. For. I like and that, man. That, you know, that's, that's it, the values. It really, it, it's, it, it really hits home because, you know, I teach people this stuff all the time when I say you're a marketer first, you got to understand how to find the people to be able to talk to them in the first place. 100%. But you're a problem solver second. Um, part of solving a problem is uh, relating to the person, really, truly looking to help the individual, right. not just make money on the deal. And then you're a real estate investor. So you're, you're, you're a marketer, then a problem solver, then an investor. In that order, if you, if you follow that particular order, you'll be able to, number one, find more people, help a lot more people, and worry about the money as a real estate investor on the back end. The money will follow, and you will stay in business for a long time because you truly do care about the people, not about your pockets. I and love that story, man. Love it. And that's exactly what happened. You know, so, I mean, I would literally help people even if they didn't, you know, sell their house to me. And that, that help really translated into trust mm. and the trust translated into, you know, getting a lot of referrals. And so I've always, I've always educated first and that's, that's a huge trust builder. And um, it's something that's, you know, changed my business, you know, forever. And kind of to your point of what you were just saying, you know, problem solver. So now I knew better who I was looking for and you have to know who you're looking for mm -hmm. in order to reach more of them. So that's like step one in your formula. Step two is problem solver. So here's what I was noticing. I was noticing that the more options I could give um, a senior homeowner, the more deals I was getting. You know, I was, I was noticing that the more I was educating myself about senior housing and like, you know, not just what happened with the house that I was at right that day, but what happens, like, you know, what are the options of where they move to, you know, the differences between independent and assisted and nursing, you know, it was a, it was a blessing for our family. My grandma got to live in her home and pass away in her home, you know, but a lot of families, that's not the case. And they just, they can't live at home safely. And so right. I was learning about these things as I was working with more seniors and just by knowing more about the options, you know, it, it made me different than. I would say 95% of my competition. Now, I do want to preface this. There was a downside to this. One of the big downsides that I was trying to overcome that was a real challenge for me was I was spending, you know, two to four hours at the senior's house a lot of times educating them. You know, picture this. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm with a lady who her husband <laughs> passed away and, you know, there, and she was a bus driver at the school district that we live in. And she's got a paid off house, but it's falling apart. And she's never, she hasn't moved in 40 years. And she's got to figure out who to move, what strategy to use, who to trust, where to go, how to pay for it. And, and so I was noticing that my competition didn't know those answers. They were like, well, go talk to somebody like that. So it was taking me more time. And where I got the real, where the real light bulb went off for me was I was, I was at an appointment and the daughter of the motivated seller was there. And she was like, you know, you've really helped my family a tremendous amount. I actually helped them find another place for the mom to live. Mm -hmm. They're just going through the journey and more education. And she said, you know, you should like write a book about this. And I was like, kind of laughing. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. That's a good one. And then I went to the car <laughs> and you know, I thought about it and I was like, you know what? 
that's actually a pretty good idea. You know, right now where I was at at this point in time is I knew about senior housing and I was like, you know, I want to go from being the person who knows about senior housing to the person who wrote the book on senior housing. And so what I did was, is I made a list of all the questions that the senior, one of the advantages of, of teaching and helping these people for two to four hours sometimes was they were asking a lot of questions and I was writing them down. So I went back through my notes and I found all those questions. And um, so all the questions that they had asked me and then I was like, okay, so I just made a T-chart and I listed all these questions. And then I, then I was like, okay, what would their options be? You know, what, what are some of the pros and cons to each one? And that was um, the create, that's how I created Home to Home, the step-by-step -step senior housing guide. And, and so that was my first book. And I just, um, I printed out a hundred copies of it and I start giving it away. Mm. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna link uh, some of some of your uh, stuff in the uh, in the description box as well, man. So so we understand we're you know you got to a point in your business where you were focusing primarily on senior homeowners, and you systemized it something mm -hmm. something that was kind of out of the blue. You uh, did your research on it. You systemized it. How would you apply this strategy? to raising private money then? Yeah, so you know, just like my senior niche book was um, my new business card, and it was building you know, instant credibility when I give it to people and instant trust, and I was known as the senior housing expert. My partner, who I didn't know at the time, Grant Phillips in Houston, was doing the same thing as me, um, but in Houston, with private lending. And so when he found out what I was doing with our book, we got introduced through a mutual friend, like, like how we got introduced. Mm -hmm. And he said, Hey, you know, I've been, I wrote this book on private lending and he's been, and I've been giving it out to, you know, folks who want to, you know, get out of the rat race. They want to, um, they don't trust the stock market and they want to, you know, learn how to do private money lending. And he was in the same boat that I was in, but with private money lending, he was doing two to four hour conversations and it just wasn't scalable. So he did the same thing. He's like, okay, what is it that I'd want to, teach somebody if it was, you know, if I could just sit with them for four hours, he mm -hmm. put it in a book and then he said, Hey, is there a way that we can, you know, use this together? And later I'll kind of share with you how we're, how, you know, other people plug into what we do, but it's, it's the same thing. I'll, I'll give you another example, you know, and it doesn't, and it's, it could be for private money or for senior motivated sellers, either one it works. Think about just time savings, you know, whether you're trying to get a private money lender to say yes to you or a senior homeowner to say, motivated seller to say yes to you. There's a certain period where they go from not knowing who you are to like trusting you. Mm -hmm. And the faster you can build that, the less competition comes in and swoops out your deal. The more the exclusive deals that you can go with, whether it's like I said, a private money lender getting more of their money with you or a motivated seller trusting you. So I'll give you an example of how we, how we do this. Um, anytime somebody calls our office right now, Save Your Home Buyers is our home buying business. We, um, we send a, we, the customer calls and they want to come out to the house and we say, we send them a copy of our book via courier. And I say, hey, all of our customers, um, are, we wrote the book on senior housing. When I give the book to a private money lender, I say, you know, we wrote um, this educational book, Private Money Blueprint. And anybody that I'm looking to work with, you know, I send this to them first to read because I want to make sure that you really understand what this is and what it isn't. And if you, if you go through reading the book and you, you still want to do it, then give me a call. And so like for our motivated seller campaigns, um, we had a lady call yesterday and we sent the book out. 
All I say, I'm going out there tomorrow. I just say, look, all I want you to do is read chapter three. It's all the ways to sell your house, pros and cons of each. And if you decide that you don't want to sell your house anymore, just give me a call and I won't come over, um, but it's my gift to you. Mm-hmm. When I'm working with a new private money lender, I send them a copy of the book and I say, it's really important that you know what you're doing because if you get tangled in with the wrong person, you know, you can lose what you've you know, spent 30 years building. So if I send you an autographed copy of my book for free, would you read it? And they're like, well, yeah. And I'm like, okay, uh, how long would it take you to read it? And that's the accountability piece. And they're like two weeks or, you know, the motivated seller, I'll read chapter three before I go over to the house. And so that allows them to, for me to go in to the appointment pre-qualified. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't have to go and sell myself. I don't have to sell my deal. I don't have to sell my service. Uh, um, And so that, that's been a big difference in my business and it's made, it's made doing business, whether I'm, I'm attracting a new private money lender to our, our portfolio or a motivated seller, it's just made it a lot more fun because now, you know, the, the trust is so much higher and I didn't have to be there for four to five hours to make that happen. Does that make sense? Absolutely, man. So, you know, most people don't feel comfortable calling themselves an expert. Let's face it. Right. right. Uh, but when you're talking about lenders and you're talking about sellers, how, what qualifies an investor as an expert in, sure. their, in their eyes? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, a lot of times when people think of themselves as an expert, they think to like a celebrity. And if they're not like at the level of whoever the highest person is in their niche, mm-hmm. they don't feel like they should be able to call themselves an expert. You know, an expert is not something you call yourself. Um, an expert is, um, is something that, that your prospect calls you. And the number one way to be that expert is, has nothing to do about status. It has nothing to do with how many deals you've done. It's about if you are an educator and an advocate for that motivated seller. Mm. If, if you're, that's really what an expert is. If you commit to being that educator, which is teaching people really valuable info and helping people who may or may not even do business with you, advocate is when, is when both people win. You, know, you can look your motivated seller in the eye or your private lender in the eye and say, look, I've set this program up to put the odds in your favor so we both win and I'm advocating for you to do what's best in your interests, even if it involves not working with me. And you know, that's actually a requirement for our students that like, that's strict, like we don't bend on that. You know, being um, a, an author or being an expert in whatever niche you wanna go after in real estate investing, it's not for, you know, shady real estate investors who want to take advantage of desperate homeowners or take advantage of private money lenders who don't know, you know, anything about, you know, the, the game or the situation. It's about putting yourself out there. It's about helping people and, and making it to where they can find you. That's what an expert is. Absolutely, man. Uh, great answer, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that, um, that comment on that as well, man. It, now, you know, obviously it's easy to uh, see that a book is a great and powerful marketing tool. Now, as an investor, you know, most, most investors don't have the capabilities of going out there and writing a book, especially when they're on that appointment with the motivated seller. So uh, where, where should that investor start in becoming an expert in the, in the uh, seller's eyes or the lender's eyes? Yeah. Well, that's a great, great news. You know, what's great about that is, is that not only, um, you know, if you think that, um, 
that writing a book is hard for you, you know, imagine what your competitors think, mm -hmm. you know, they think the same thing. And traditionally and historically, you know, writing a book has had a pretty high barrier to entry. You know, we've, we've made it, you know, pretty easy. I think easier than most people could even imagine to get involved in it in the real estate investing space. But really there's two ways to get involved in, you know, uh, books and becoming an author if you're a real estate investor. And the two ways are really um, very similar to the two types of investors that reach out to our office a lot. So the two types of real estate investors that reach out to us is there's like the DIY and then there's, I call it like the ROI. So the DIY real estate investor, you know, they, they like to, you know, roll up their sleeves. They like to get, you know, dirty, their hands dirty, they get involved in the rehab, very involved in all parts of the game. And it's very, it's more of a solopreneur and it's hands on. And, um, you know, there's a lot of trial and error involved in that. And sometimes it takes a little longer to get projects finished, you know, to get your ROI. But if people enjoy the process, you know, and they, and they get satisfaction from doing that, then there's, there's like totally nothing wrong with that. So that's right. the first kind of folks that we help. The second kind of folks that we help and reach out to us are the real estate investor that they're like, you know, Max, it's like, it's time is money. Like they just want to be doing the highest and best use activity. You know, they're used to leveraging a team um, to get rehabs done. And so that, and all the like admin details, so they can just focus on what they're best at, which is locking up more deals and getting them funded. And so for the, for the DIY real estate investor, we actually recently wrote a book uh, it's called the Real Estate Investor Book Writing Checklist. And so at the, if people stay tuned till the end, I'll give you the info and the links of how you can get a free copy of this book. And it, it basically teaches um, a real estate investor, you know, how to pick a niche, how to speak to the motivated sellers, you know, how, what questions um, the motivated sellers have. It helps you outline the book. It helps you uh, overcome writer's block. So anybody who wants to write a book themselves that's a real estate investor can can go through this book and know how to do that. And you know, for a limited time, there's no charge to get a copy of the book. So that's that's a good thing. That's how we help the DIY. Now for the for the ROI, um, we have some licensed content that that those investors can just plug into. Um, and so you know they don't have to write it themselves. Awesome, man. Appreciate that. That's that's really a a, a great tool, especially if they don't have to write it themselves. They can skip the you know, time commitment. They can skip the learning curve and use what's already working uh, for you and your business as well, man. So a uh, quick question. If they wanted to do the DIY uh, version of it, what type of time commitment would be involved in that? Yeah, great question. So time commitment really varies. You know, it can be writing your own book DIY, although the, the book that I'm going to give you all the links to is going to definitely, you know, shortcut the learning curve for somebody who's brand new. You know, it can still take, you know, 100 hours, 200 hours plus to write a book. It has, it, it can be challenging. There's most likely more people who have started books and not finished than, you know, have their book completed. And, but it can still be done. Um, it, it just takes time. You know, for mm -hmm. the folks that plug into our licensed content, um, their, their time investment is one to two hours of their own personal time. And then our company, you know, does the work on the back end. Gotcha. Gotcha. And obviously from, from outline, from the outline of the book to completion of the book, how long does that process take as well? 
Sure. So if you go to DIY and you're doing it yourself, it just depends on how quickly, you know, how much you can shut down your business to just focus and work on it. So, you know, for folks who are really dedicated to it and they're following the checklist in the book that we're going to give you, mm -hmm. um, you know, it can take six to 12 months or more before you actually have a physical copy that you can give motivated sellers. Um, for folks that plug into our licensed content from when they put in their one hour um, of, you know, time investment, um, the clock starts and then by, you know, 30 to 45 days later, they're passing out their book to their motivated sellers. So it just depends on which, you know, route people go with. You know, it, it's, you know, as I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm thinking about different marketing strategies that investors teach, including myself, mm -hmm. you know, um, you can have a website, for example, and offer a PDF, right, mm -hmm. uh, as a download to educate your motivated seller. But how many investors, think about all of the competition. I'm talking to you guys listening to this podcast right now. Think about all of the competition that you have in your business, in your local market right now, or any market you're investing in. And think about how many of them are actually providing books, becoming that true expert to uh, educate the motivated seller or the lender in your market. I'm willing to bet nobody is doing it because of the time that it takes to get it done. And obviously there's some cost in it as well. Let's talk about that for a little bit. How much would it cost? What, what would be the, the cost requirements for something like this? Yeah. So for, for folks who um, go it on their own, you know, obviously um, there's the opportunity costs um, of, you know, you're working on your book instead of going out and getting more deals or dollars and only, you know, you know how much your time is worth. Um, and, and there's some costs involved, but I mean, if you want to teach yourself the whole process, um, then you can do it on a shoestring, you know, budget mm -hmm. uh, for folks that plug into our licensed content. It really just depends on what niche they're specifically going after. Um, so it, it varies, but we have some niches and licensed content that people can plug into for as little as a thousand dollars. Gotcha. Gotcha, man. And that's relatively inexpensive on, on the grand scheme of things. When you're thinking about marketing your business and positioning yourself separate from everyone else in your market, it truly is a small investment or something like that. And obviously like, like Max said, you could do it yourself. You know, mm -hmm. there'll be some, there'll be some small costs involved. We're talking far less than a thousand bucks, but you know, you, you would do it yourself at that point. But what about selling the book? Obviously, uh, if you decided to sell the book, um, maybe you didn't sell them to the motivated sellers or the lenders, but you decided to sell them to other investors in your area. Uh, would that be a reliable source of uh, uh, income for you? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. It's one that um, a lot of my family's members asked me when I finished my first book. Mm -hmm. um, they, you know, I told them that I printed out 100 copies and I started giving them away as my new business card, my new referral tool. They thought I was nuts. They're like, why are you giving your book away? Uh, you just invested all this time making it. Why don't you sell it and make your, your money back? And, yeah. you know, there, of course, you know, Stephen King and, you know, JK Rowling. I mean, there's many authors that sell a book and do really, really well. But for me and, you know, me just being, you know, a home buyer, it would have been really short sighted of mm -hmm. me to do that because, um, you know, it's, I get, I get the value from the deal, you know, it, in our market, a wholesale mm. deal is, you know, 10 to 15 K, you know, wholesale deal. If, if we do a, a small flip, it's 30 
we go a full retail flip on a 250 house, you know, we can make 50. That's, I'd have to sell a astronomical number of books to ever make that. Um, so now I will say this, you know, I did put my book on Amazon and it did, you know, hit a couple of the bestseller lists, which was really cool. I wasn't expecting that. Right. And, yes. And I get some, I get some royalties. I do get some sales from it. Um, but when I compare the royalties and the sales that I get compared to um, how the deal flow that I get and the value of the deal flow, you know, the, the expert positioning that I get, you know, walking into the house, I don't have to feel like I'm, you know, interviewing or for, for a job or reeking of desperation. I'm already pre-qualified when I walk in as the expert. And then the ability for people to take the book and give it to their friends and the referrals that I get, you know, those are the three big ones. It's, it's the expert positioning, not in the minds of my competition and my motivated sellers mm. and, and being pre-qualified. That's really my favorite. I mean, if I have to pick one, that one has been, that one gives me goosebumps. It makes me feel so good because, you know, when I drive 45 minutes to somebody's house, the old school way, you know, they, maybe they weren't even there sometimes, you know, or the, and not everybody was there who needed to sign title. And I just, or take a number and there's 20 other investors there. And I just felt like I was getting the runaround. Now when I walk in, they're like wanting to take, you know, selfies with me. Yeah, you know? because you're the, <laughs> you're the expert at that point. I was just thinking that too, man. They, so, they, they're going to make sure they're there. They want your autograph on that book. <laughs> it's, a, it's, ama it's amazing. You know, I, I, so I, you know, when I thought about it, I thought back to when I, when I, when that daughter of the motivated seller said I should write a book and I went back to the car and I thought about it. And so when I, when I went back to that conversation in my head multiple times, I think to myself, you know, and, and when, when my family members would say that to me and they'd say, why don't you sell the book? I think about it and I go, you know, why did I even write this book? Mm. It's like, I wrote the book not to have something to sell. I wrote the book to have something that would sell me. That was the whole point. And yeah. so, and, you know, giving it away has produced, you know, exponential returns from a ROI and um, you know more than any other strategy I've ever used and giving it away has been a lot of fun too. Awesome man. Now what are some other ways that an investor can use this book uh, that they uh, build out or license in order to grow their businesses? Yeah so not only um, has uh, the book been the ultimate you know my new ultimate business card but it's also been mm. my ultimate referral tool you know, because when you have a book and it's like, you know, a physical book, and it's like right there and what's in it is valuable. Like the content has to be valuable. The content has to speak to the person that you're giving it to. But if, if you have a book and it's valuable, um, it's just really easy for people to share your book with other people. And that's really what referrals are is their, their sharing. And what I've noticed in just being in business is that it's easier and easier to find, um, information about people online and it's easier for it's you know it used to be back in the day when you had a personal relationship with somebody the barrier for them to go find somebody else to um to work with was really high so they they just said well i already know somebody i got that covered so i'm going with you now with the way things are online it's just so much easier to find new people what what can we do to make it easy button for you know folks to give us a referral and how do we stand out when it's easier to find a lot of other investors to sell houses to. And so, um, so that's been really good because like I said, the, the motivated seller now is doing the selling, not me. Mm. Motivated seller is, is, is promoting me. And you know, it's just human nature that if, if I'm 
you know, at a senior center, or I'm at church or I'm at the mall and, and I know I have a friend and they go, Hey, you know, um, I'm having trouble finding a place for my mom to live, or we just inherited this house, or we got to do something about my parents' house. It's just human nature for that person to go, Oh, Hey, I know the guy who wrote the book on this subject and tell him about it. You know, it's, it's just natural. And so even though we move into this digital space and like, you know, back to what you said, number one, you've got to know how to reach out and awareness and get people to know who you are. Um, and that's crucial. And I found that, that although we have all these new options, uh, word of mouth advertising is still the best marketing there is. And, and I found that, that a book and people passing it around has been the best, you know, way to get more of that. So number one, you know, is there's a lot of ways people can increase the ROI. Number one is using it as a referral tool. You know, number two um, is I used the book to actually speak at a local church. And this was something I did not plan. Um, it was totally unexpected. But what happened was, is a, a church found out that, that I wrote this book and they said, hey, we want you to come and speak to our group. And I was like, okay. And, you know, although, I mean, I'm a, I'm a professional teacher, um, you know, I was still nervous. I didn't have a PowerPoint presentation. I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to say. And it was sort of a last minute thing. So I just packed up some of my books and I went over there and I just, you know, taught out of the book and taught things that were valuable and answered their questions. And, um, and what was interesting was, is how engaged everybody was. Like the mm -hmm. folks were really nodding their head and paying attention and then afterwards they came up to me and they were like, you know, we really appreciate you coming tonight. This was like super valuable. Like one lady was crying mm. and I didn't say anything mean to her. She was just like, you know, I've been taking care of my parents and you know, we're, it, this has been like so stressful and they really appreciated me teaching them this stuff. A couple of them actually at the end came up and asked about my services. You know, I, I tried to like really not make that what that's like what it was about. It was just teaching. And I wrote this book and they were like, okay, well, you know, like, if we have a house to sell, like, you know, like, can you come over, you know? And they were like, it, now it was sort of like, do they qualify to work with me? Actually, the first um, church presentation that I did, I booked a couple of buy calls to go look at houses that night. And so, you know, the folks wanted my book, which was really cool. And they wanted me to sign it. And they were like getting pictures. And I was, I was like, really, really blown away. I mean, it was, it was a small church. It was, you know, 25 people or so. Um, but for me, you know, it felt like I was on like a Ted talk. Like I was, I was on cloud nine and I wanted to do it again. And one of the little secrets in the book world that a lot of real estate investors don't know about is that there's event organizers in cities everywhere. And, and it's a stressful job because they're always looking for somebody to be the speaker. And what I found was, is that by being, um, seen as the subject matter expert, on my topic, it made it really, really easy for these event planners and coordinators and church leaders and senior, you know, housing facilities and self-directed IRA companies to pick me. Some of them actually were surprised when someone asked me how much I charged to speak. And I was like, you know, I don't know what to say. So I just said, oh, it's free, you know, and they were like really confused. Imagine if I had told them that I would have probably I want to say probably like guaranteed, uh, like I would have paid to speak there because I got so much benefit. So, so one way to jack the ROI up with a book is getting people to pass it around and say good things about you. I think that obviously makes sense. The second one 
is the opportunity to speak, whether it's live or virtual, and people come to you. And the third one is this, um, this kind of like aura of celebrity. You know, when I wrote the book, it was to help these motivated sellers. And when my partner wrote the book on private lending, it was to help a potential private lender. It wasn't like we're not trying to get famous, but, you know, if you think about examples like, you know, Dave Ramsey and, and Oprah and, and mm -hmm. uh, Barbara Cochran, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, who I got to meet uh, last October, which was really cool. I got to meet him personally. Um, you know, these folks have built a business and, and, and really define their brand with a book. I mean, think about Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? I see Robert, um, Robert in the picture in the back there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, I was at a conference and they, they, um, I got an award uh, for innovation of the year. This whole thing that we're talking about was new to the real estate investing space. Nice. And I would love to get up here and say, you know, I had all this planned out and I've been working. It, it just, I'm, I'm just, I'm a house buyer in Fort Worth, Texas. I was a teacher and I, and I sort of stumbled into it and then it turned into a whole nother thing. Mm -hmm. And it was nice to be recognized by my peers and Robert just, you know, as a side note, it was kind of a crazy moment. Um, but I remember standing in line, you know, as I told y'all that I got involved in real estate, you know, in 2015, but what I didn't say was, is it wasn't my first time to try to do this, you know, and that's why you always got to keep going. That's right. uh, and so in 05, I had just gotten married and I was uh, two years out of college and I was just working a job and I wanted to get involved in real estate. And I got Robert's book and I stood in line for like two hours to get his book. Rich Dad, um, Poor Dad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think he had like another one out. So I think I already had Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Cash flow quadrant maybe. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 And so he was doing a book signing. So I stood in line for like two hours to get a copy of his book. And then I just didn't have mentors. I didn't have people, you know, that I could plug into. And I was kind of an excuse maker and on and mm -hmm. on. And so nothing really happened. Time went by. And now when I went through this, you know, second phase, I just never would have imagined 15 years later after that moment, wow. you know, getting that award and then Robert asking for a copy of my book. So that was like, I mean, circle, man, <laughs> it is. But so, so the celebrity part, I'll, I'll kind of finish with this. And then, you know, is that what's cool about a book is that you get us in the mind of your motivated sellers. They think of you and perceive you differently even if they don't read the book, um, they just, they think, they think they're like, okay, if you went to all this work to write the book, whether it's licensed content or totally original, um, you know, they just think of you differently. And so the book is very, very powerful as far as the mindset. And, you know, folks like all the time, they'll ask for a copy of my autograph and when I'm at their houses and I think it's so cool. And I sort of like, you know, make a like make a little game out of it. And I say, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't mind, you know, you know, getting a copy of, uh, giving you a copy of my autograph. I'll tell you what, why don't I get your autograph first on the last page of the contract, initial all the pages, sign the last one. And then when I get your autograph, then I'll give you a copy of mine. And, <laughs> and they laugh, they, they think that's pretty funny. And, and I think it's good for, you know, my business. So that's a true win-win. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, man. Now, listen, if our listeners uh, if we were able to provide them with a three-step process to getting started doing this, what, what would those simple three-step process, uh, processes be? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, step one would be we'll um, put some links down below, but it's mm -hmm. just um, um, our company uh, deals chasing you because that's what we want. We want deals chasing us. So it's dealschasingyou.com uh, forward slash Gibbs. So your last name, G-I-B-B-S. 
And so if they go to that link, then um, all they have, that that'll, gives them a, access mm -hmm. to a free copy of the book. And they just put their email in step two. And then step three is read the, read the book and it, uh, the real estate investor um, book writing checklist. And then they can, you know, figure out, you know, what, what the right route is and start, you know, building it out, you know, from there. Awesome. Awesome. And if our listeners wanted to get in contact with you, that would be the best way I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the best way. Just go there and um, that'll get you, you know, plugged into our communications and there'll be some links on there. When you get the, the first email, there'll be some links on there. So if you have a question about the book that, that we sent you and um, you know, we, you know, more than happy to answer those questions and all of our contact info is in there. So that's just, that's the easiest and simplest uh, way to plug into the community. Perfect. Perfect, man. And now we're talking about books and, you know, uh, developing books and, and, and obviously uh, you just mentioned that you're a book reader as well. Uh, are you currently reading any other books outside of yours? Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm reading different books all the time. I'm actually reading. Um, so, I mean, there's so many, what I'm starting to do now is actually reread. So, you know, we only have so much time on the planet and it's going to be really hard to read every book in the library. So one of the, maybe the best, you know, gives I could give is um, if you find a book that's really good, it really resonates. What I do is I make, I just, I have little sticky tabs and I tab certain key points and things that are really important and inter interesting. And what I find is, is that about, um, you know, 10 or 20% of the, you know, stuff is highlighted, usually about 10%. And so, I can go back and when I reread the book, I just read the tabbed up areas. So just the classic books like, you know, Millionaire, uh, Real Estate Investor, uh, One Thing, you know, Deep Work, um, you know, Traction, if you're really trying to scale up your business, you know, all of those books are really, really good. And, and what I find is as business owners and, you know, as home buyers is there's, you know, where we were when we first read a book is different than where we may be like a couple of years later. Right. So by having a process to kind of go back and just skim through them, it doesn't take but more than 10 or 15 minutes just to read the tabbed areas. You know, we can kind of learn something new. So that's my biggest um, book give is not so much the book, because we all know what the books are. We know Think and Grow Rich. We know Go Giver. You know, we know a lot of these books. It's more about really cherishing what's in those books and putting them into action. And I found the fastest way to put them into action is just focus on like a few things in them. And actually that's what our motivated sellers do is because I'll go to their house and I'll see the book and they'll have it like on their nightstand and it's tabbed to some certain pages. And when I see that, I go, oh, it looks like you tabbed a few of the pages. Did you get a chance to read chapter three? And they're like, no, I read the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. Well, it looks like you tabbed a couple of pages. Do you want to start with, with those areas? And so it kind of works for everything. Absolutely, man. And, and I love the, 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 you know, the point that you brought out in regards to rereading the books, because like you said, you're a different person a couple of years later. You're a little more experienced. So when you go through the book again, you're looking at it from a more experienced mind and you're able to uh, apply in a different way. So I love that, man. Great call today, Max. We got to have you back uh, sometime in the very near future, man. I know our listeners are going to uh, love this podcast. If you guys liked it, be sure to click that like button on YouTube. Uh, be sure to subscribe. Check out Max, uh, Max's uh, links in the description box as well. It's been a really, really great call. Different for you guys. This has been completely different. I haven't uh, heard of anybody, not including myself. I haven't, and I, and I thought I 
you know, I, I like to think that I've thought of, thought of it all, right? But uh, <laughs> providing books as a way to position yourself as an expert in your local market, I guarantee you nobody else is doing that. It's not even taught in the real estate industry. That's why Max, uh, that's why this has been a great call. Uh, that's why Max uh, gets a lot of deals done. And that's why you guys, if you implement what he talked about on today's uh, training, you're going to be able to do the same thing. This is just a, a way to step outside of the box. We talk about this all the time. Step outside of your comfort zone. Step outside of the box. Do something different. Be creative in your marketing, and you'll do better than everybody else in your market. All right, guys. So listen, it's been a great call. Max, any last words for our listeners? No, it's, uh, I commend everybody who's listening, uh, you know, investing in your education and getting the knowledge is really the key and, um, you know, putting it into action. And I'm looking forward to, um, you know, the next time that, um, you know, I get to come back and, and share, you know, what's working um, in the home buyer space with your, with your audience. So looking forward to the next visit and just, uh, and everybody just keep investing in the education. Awesome, man. We definitely got to do this again. Check, check out the links in the um, show notes, guys. And uh, get your your, uh, your your free download from Max as well. Uh, you you will have to uh, enter your email address and um, uh, provide a little bit of information, but uh, this will be worth it on the, on the other side when you actually apply what he's talking about in that uh, in that book. All right. So listen, guys, it's been a real pleasure. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys on the next one. Share this video with your friends. Like it. Subscribe. Do all of that good stuff. We'll talk to you on the next one. Take care. Check out my website at reieducationacademy.com. To make it easy, you can just simply go to jamelgibbs.com or check out my YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash jamelgibbs. I'm all over the web, whether it be on Facebook slash the Jamel Gibbs or on Instagram at Jamel Gibbs. I'm in LinkedIn as well. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat. Check out all of these platforms for daily content, weekly content, more content from Jamel Gibbs. But if you want to get more in depth, go to reieducationacademy.com. And that's how you can find out more about my training material and how you can get started investing in real estate today. Talk to you later.